Welcome to the Capitol Beach. My name is Derek Brockbank. I'm your host, and I'm the executive director of Coastal States Organization. I'm delighted to be coming for our final uh, pod episode on our celebration of the Coastal Zone Management Act's 50th anniversary. Uh, On this podcast, we'll be looking forward to the next 50 years, what that means for coastal management and what that might mean for the Coastal Zone Management Act. I'm joined by guests uh, from Coastal States Organization and from NOAA's Office for Coastal Management. Really excited to have these two uh, big thinkers on, uh, on the pod today. But first, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. The American Shoreline Podcast Network and Coastal News Today are brought to you by Geodynamics, an NV5 company specializing in providing accurate surveys of complex coastal environments worldwide. Driven by marine geology, coastal science, and remote sensing, our researchers use the latest technology to provide meticulous data products to support our clients and answer their toughest questions. Geodynamics carefully designs and executes hydrographic, geophysical, sub-bottom, and near-shore surveys using our fleet of customized vessels and sensor configurations. You can find us at nv5geospatial.com or geodynamicsgroup.com. Geodynamics, delivering solutions, improving lives. And be sure to subscribe to the CNT Daily Blast newsletter for the latest news and updates from around the American shoreline. Like what you're hearing and want to support the network? Sponsorship packages are available now. Go to coastalnewstoday.com advertising to learn more. Well, first we're going to have uh, we're going to ha- I'll, I'll ask our two guests to introduce themselves. Keelan Kuipers with uh, NOAA's Office of for Coastal Management, and Rachel Keelan, who's been on our show before uh, from Coastal States Organization. Um, why don't you each tell us a bit about yourselves uh, and how how the work you do you do really stems from the Coastal Zone Management Act? So, Keelan, why don't you go first? Okay, great. Thank you, Derek. I'm Keelan Kuipers, and I'm the Deputy Director of the Office for Coastal Management. And, you know, our organization, you know, the focus really is about working with our coastal partners to support the resilience of our nation's natural, cultural, community, and economic resources. So it is it is all about the CZMA. And um, it really is, you know, that mission that inspired me to come work for NOAA. I've, I've been with NOAA for over 20 years now, and I love the diversity of the mission, the range of issues that we're focused on, and the opportunity to work directly with states and communities on these really challenging issues. Excellent. Thank you, Keelan. Rachel. Hi, Derek. Thanks for having me on today. I am the Federal Affairs Director for the Coastal States Organization. CSO represents the nation's coastal states and territories on federal policy issues related to ocean, coastal, and Great Lakes resource management. And our governor delegated members are typically the heads of the coastal state and territory um, coastal zone management programs, which are under or authorized underneath the CZMA. So my work focuses on ensuring that the states and territories have the tools and resources that they need to effectively implement coastal zone management. Excellent. Thank you. So, uh, and then of course, as the executive director of Coastal States Organization, I'm very much involved in this too. So I think all three of us can safely say we wouldn't be here if Congress didn't pass the Coastal Zone Management Act uh, 50 years ago. So for no other reason, it's given us jobs. Uh, that's why it's important. But um, Keelan, I'll, I'll look to you and say, why, you know, we've heard a bunch about uh, the Coastal Zone Management Act on previous podcasts, but why do you think the CZMA is still a successful and influential law 50 years after it was passed? Yeah, that, that's a great question. You know, it, it's one of the few laws that I can look at and say, wow, Congress was really prescient when they thought about um, putting the CZMA in place because of the range of issues that was identified in it, the breadth of it, 
that we are still very much dealing with today. And in cases, you know, really even more so. We're dealing with a growing threat of climate change. You know, sea level rise was identified in the, in the initial legislation back in 1972. Population growth on the coast um, impacts to our natural resources and public access. And then, of course, you know, the more complex decisions that we're having to make around coastal uses. You know, I think wind energy um, siting is, is a great example of that. So I think that the issues that were relevant in 1972 are, are very much still the issues that we're dealing with today in, in a more complex environment. Thanks, Rachel. Do you have, have thoughts on, on why it's still so influential? So Keelan hit on all of the big points. You know, the reason that the law was passed back in 1972, um, those reasons that competing demands are all still extremely relevant today, if not more so. And, you know, the CZMA not only authorized but empowered states and territories to take a leading role in creating a vision for their coasts and managing them effectively to ensure that beneficial use, development, and protection of the coastal resources were done effectively. Um, It's hard to say exactly what our coast would have looked like without the CZMA, but I think it's safe to say that they would have looked a lot different than what the coast that we have today, um, that we love, how they look. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, many of the issues that were around in the 70s are still around, and the CZMA was really flexible in saying, you know, the coast is a multi-use um, uh, resource. You know, the CZMA was not um, purely a sort of conservation or environmental bill like the Marine Mammal Protection Act. It's not just a regulatory bill. It really is looking at balancing multiple uses. And that, you know, in a, in a very prescient way, as Keelan said, included uses that might not have even been conceptualized in, uh, in, in 1972. And so I think that's definitely been helpful. I agree with what you said. So Keelan, um, sort of, we look back, where do you see the future of coastal management heading? How does the CZMA in its, in its current form support that work? What are going to be the challenges of the next 50 years and, and how will CZMA work on those? Yeah, I think, you know, we're in a, in a time right now where the level of attention, energy, and capacity in the coastal management community is incredibly high. Um, you know, the general public may not necessarily know the term coastal management, but they certainly understand the issues more so than I would say even 5, 10, 15 years ago. Um, we are seeing, for example, last week we had the release of the Sea Level Rise Technical Report. This was an interagency document. Incredible um, interest from the public and from the press around it. It actually shut down our servers in the Office for Coastal Management for a period of time because of just the flow, the volume. And, and to me, that shows that people are really paying attention to these issues and there's that interest. We're also seeing, I think, an increased understanding and recognition of the value of coastal management programs and the reserves bring in addressing critical coastal issues with a changing climate. We've seen increased support from Congress for these programs over the past few years, um, interest in states and territories in establishing new reserves. And then now we have this unprecedented opportunity with the infrastructure bill to provide, you know, vastly more funding for a more defined set of activities, right, that the coastal programs and the reserves undertake. It, it does focus more on, on restoration and resilience, but um, certainly shows, I think, the recognition of the value of what coastal management brings to the nation. And I think increasingly we're going to see that the coastal management will be seen as that guiding approach to address critical impacts of climate change on the coast. It brings together the science, information, and best practices um, together with engaging coastal communities. So, you know, that is an incredibly important part of it. Rachel noted the the role that the states have in being able to highlight and raise uh, and advocate for the impacts 
to their resources and and communities, um, but also too, it, you know, I think a really important part of it is it brings together ways that communities can talk to one another and within themselves about how they want to define their future. And we've also seen remarkable advances in ocean policy, ocean planning at the state and federal level, more sophisticated geospatial data and information and decision making, which, you know, for example, is, is resulting in the potential for um, substantial offshore wind development and a different future coastal and ocean landscape. And with that, you know, there's a strong role of the coastal states in being able to um, have a strong voice in that and um, contribute to where and how that important technology is going to be located and the impacts to our communities. Yeah, excellent. I, I think that the combined response and, you know, every time we talk about geospatial, it feels a bit wonky, but geospatial decision making, the sort of the level of data that we have around our coast is just so much, so much greater than it was 50 years ago, but it still plays into that. The idea that the Coastal Zone Management Act is about uh, a process for decision making in some ways. And and so the more data you have, the more you're able to do that. Um, you know, just sort of looking at the crystal ball, Keelan, and I recognize that this is, you know, you're, you're not a, a, a soothsayer, but um, besides uh, offshore wind, what are the other issues that you think are, are sort of maybe just starting to come about as, as key coastal management challenges that you think are going to continue to grow and continue to be a, uh, a challenge, but something that you hope the Coastal Zone Management Act can help play a role in? Sure. Well, well, certainly sea level rise. I don't know if that one is really, you know, just coming. I think we we've seen that one for a while, together with um, increases in in storm intensity and those is impacts on the coast. And I think that that's something that we're absolutely going to be dealing with in a in a pretty pretty strong way here. But also too, when I think about um, coastal economy, um, different uses on the coast, how that may change over time in different places, I think is is another area too. Where um, where the coastal programs are going to be, you know, strong partners and and helping to figure out where we go. Yeah, I like that. And again, back to your first point on the geospatial, the the data that feeds into that, both sea level rise uh, and other issues are going to be so so important. Absolutely, both the data and and how we use it, right? So how it can be effectively applied. And, and you know, getting toward uh, something that Dr. Spinrad, the the NOAA administrator, always talks about is the sort of the new blue economy and how how that data that um, NOAA and the states are are collecting and analyzing and interpreting can also drive investment of private equity. You know, so this is this is not just a not just a policy making thing. This really is is thinking about how we're the coastal zone management is is going to I think continue to be a economic driver um, going forward. Yeah, exactly. I think we're going to see some some new investments in the coast, different kinds of things that we're going to need to grapple with. Um, and it, it's exciting. So Rachel, I'll turn it over to you. We're, one thing that Coastal States Organization has been looking at and working on and, and in collaboration with the coastal states themselves is a reauthorization of the Coastal Zone Management Act. The Re- Coastal Zone Management Act hasn't been reauthorized in about 25 years. Um, so it used to be reauthorized regularly in the way that many um, policies uh, are, but it really hasn't been. So why now? What's needed? Uh, why is now the right time to reauthorize it? And, you know, can you maybe flag some highlights of, of what, we're, what we're asking for in a reauthorization of the Coastal Zone Management Act? Yes. Thanks, Derek. So um, as you noted, it has been a really long time since the CZMA was reauthorized. In fact, it hasn't been authorized in this century. So the CZMA was last reauthorized in 1996 with the authorization expiring in 1999. And authorization is critical for ensuring long-term sustainability of the state and territory coastal zone management programs. Um, And you might be asking, like, 
why you haven't been authorized for the past 20 plus years? And the answer is that it makes it so that the programs are more vulnerable to cuts or elim elimination in any given year by not being authorized. For example, under the previous administration, the president's budget request um, eliminated the CZM grants to the states every year for four years. Thankfully, Congress didn't agree with that elimination. But even just a few years before that, members of Congress were advancing legislation to require mandatory budget cuts for any program that was unauthorized. So not being authorized really adds a level of vulnerability. So um, you know, at the same time, Congress has continually shown that it supports the CZMA and the work that the states and territory coastal zone management programs are doing on the ground to ensure long-term sustainability of our coasts. And that, that they've done that through um, gradually increasing annual appropriations, as well as recent investments under the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Um, so to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the CZMA, it's really an opportune time for Congress to re-up their commitment um, to the goals and objectives of the CZMA by passing a reauthorization. So with that, turning to what is being considered in a potential reauthorization, CSO has worked with other CZMA partners, such as the National Estuarine Research Reserves Association and others to identify key areas where the CZMA could be strengthened or improved to enable coastal states and territories to better address emerging um, coastal issues, such as the ones that Keelan was just talking about. So. In doing this, we've identified three key focus areas, um, which are amendments to address climate change adaptation, resilience to coastal hazards, and environmental justice. Now, under the climate change adaptation focus area, proposed changes would provide for explicit authorization for management tools to address climate change impacts. These would include promoting uses of natural and nature-based infrastructure solutions, also known as living shorelines in some places, um, as well as acquisition and restoration for coastal lands being um, carbon, blue carbon sinks. Um, underneath the resilience for coastal hazards focus area, proposed changes would include land acquisition and restoration authorizations to promote managed retreat for um, develop, development from the coast, um, as well as creating two new funds to promote the development of coastal resilience plans and the implementation of projects that support those plans, as well as facilitating response to coastal hazard emergencies that aren't covered under existing authorizations. And finally, under the environmental justice focus area, proposed changes would bring considerations of impacts on disadvantaged communities to the center of coastal management by ensuring that every state and territory CZM program is implementing procedures to incorporate environmental justice into its decision-making processes. Um, so these changes would enable the CZMA and the authorized CZM programs to better address the most pressing issues of today and plan for future changes while continuing to advance the core objectives to preserve, protect, develop, and where possible, restore or enhance um, the resources of our nation's coastal zone um, for this as well as succeeding generations. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, I think that the beauty of the Coastal Zone Management Act is it really does allow for um, the times to change and and state programs and, and the Office for Coastal Management to address some of these uh, new issues, things like you mentioned, nature-based, um, natural and nature-based features, the natural infrastructure, I mean, managed retreat, something that probably wasn't even considered, even, you know, even named uh, back in the 70s. 
but it, it does sort of, you sort of need to make the case for why that's important, whereas a, a new reauthorization would very explicitly allow that. And then to the last point, um, you know, environmental justice and, and the idea of managing a coast with the through the lens of diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice, and, and, and access for all, um, I think is, you know, paramount to where we move in the future. I think we can't, um, you know, we can't manage the coasts in the way, while we've done a great job managing the coast, we can't manage the coasts in the way we have over the past 50 to 100 years, because it's, it's unfortunately left out some of our, um, you know, some of our, our, community uh, and communities that have historically been marginalized continue to be. And so we need to reframe that. And I think making sure that's part of CZMA is, is really important. Um, Keelan, I, I know the, the as uh, working for NOAA, you can't sort of explicitly comment or speak to uh, legislation that's in, in Congress. But I wonder if you wanted to comment on any of those topical areas that were brought up, either natural and nature-based features, manage retreat, environmental justice, and sort of how Office for Coastal Management is, is thinking about those moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Derek. Um, I, I do want to say that, you know, we look forward to seeing where Congress goes with reauthorization, and we are very excited about that possibility. Uh, the, the issues that Rachel laid out are ones that, you know, we're very much in support of um, inclusion in, in the act. Um, they line very well with the Biden administration's priorities and, and areas that we're, we're actively seeking to work in now. So, you know, when we think about diversity, um, equity, inclusion, justice, and accessibility, um, you know, this is, we can say it's an emerging issue, right? But it, it, of course, it has been with us all along in coastal management. And we have this opportunity now, I think, to really address that in a much more effective way and more focused way than we have before. Natural and nature-based features, certainly, you know, as we're looking at the impacts um, to communities and having to make some tough choices about whether we stay, whether we retreat, what the combination of actions that we're going to take to deal with the impacts of climate change, that's right there, um, I think, in the mix. And one, too, where we want to make sure that we're providing enough framework and support for coastal communities to be able to apply those techniques, to be able to plan for some of those kinds of decisions that they may have to make around managed retreat, for example, and really trying to figure out what the next steps might be with our coastal partners and making sure we have the right data, tools, information, and support for them to be able to do that well. So I, I see all those as, as great next steps, I think, for us with, with coastal management. Excellent. Um, well, thank you. Uh, and Rachel, knowing that, you know, this is before Congress and, you know, who the heck knows what Congress will do, could you maybe just touch briefly on sort of the process and, and how we might like to see this play out over the the Coastal Zone Management Act reauthorization play out over the, the coming months or coming year? Yeah, so currently there is no introduced legislation um, on the Senate side that is doing any reauthorization. Um, we do have legislation under the Ocean-Based Climate Solution Act. There's a section in there that does have a little bit of amendments and reauthorization of the CZMA. We would love to see introduced in the Senate a piece of legislation that really comprehensively reauthorizes the CZMA. And this could potentially be conferenced with the sections that are in the Ocean-Based Climate Solutions Act. Um, and potentially we could see an actual reauthorization happen this year. And that would be really great. Uh, yeah, 
absolutely something we're working hard on. And if it comes out in the Senate, this would go through the Senate Commerce Committee, where um, Senator Cantwell from Washington is chair, Senator Wicker from Mississippi is ranking member. So we've got coastal members sort of in those leadership positions. So I, I think um, the time is ripe. The the people are there uh, to move this forward. So we'd really like to see it. We're CSO is working with with those members and others to to move this forward. So, you know, fingers crossed, and and hopefully we'll we'll have you back on to talk about what the recently passed Coastal Zone Management React uh, Coastal Zone Management Act reauthorization looks like. Yes, thanks, Derek. Um, okay, well, I appreciate you guys joining, um, and look forward to having you on again in fifty years from now when we can look back on the hundredth anniversary um, as we're all you know sitting in our rocking chairs at a retirement community. Um, but in the meantime, I uh, want to end with our usual fun personal note. Uh, tell us a bit about your your favorite beach or favorite coastal area. What inspires you to keep working on, on coastal management? Um, Rachel, you've been on our show before, so you can either share the same one you did last time or, or jump in with a new one. But I'll let you take this uh, kick off and then we'll hear from Keelan. Oh, geez. You know, I don't remember what I said last time. I'm not sure if it was the same prompt, but one of my favorite um, places beach places or coastal areas that I have is growing up in Seattle um, on the Puget Sound. I was really lucky to have a lot of access to great coastal areas. And one of my favorite places growing up was always going to Golden Gardens Beach in Seattle. It's just a small sand beach that has amazing views of sailboats and the Puget Sound and the Olympic Mountains as well as sunsets. And it's just a really great place to go and hang out with friends, spend an afternoon playing beach volleyball, barbecuing and walking on the beach. Lovely. Keelan, where do you like to go to rejuvenate? Oh, gosh, it is it is hard to pick. Um, but I will say I grew up going to the Delaware beaches. And so um, Cape Henlopen State Park is is always a favorite for me and for my family. We, we love to hike. We love, you know, just being able to get out in nature and enjoy the coast. And so that's been fabulous. But I will also say, too, one of the great things about working for NOAA is that you get to see lots of different kinds of coastline. And my first trip that I took as a new NOAA employee was to Oregon. And that coastline is so different than anything I had experienced on the East Coast. And it just sort of solidified for me just the, you know, the incredible value of the resource that we have and and how uh, important it is. So um, anyhow, I, I think I snuck two in there, but but those would be the favorites I would mention. Excellent. Well, thank you, uh, Rachel, Keelan. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for your work. Um, and thank you for helping uh, wrap up this multi-part series on the Coastal Zone Management Act. If you haven't listened to the previous podcasts, please encourage you to do so. I think you can learn a lot on this 50th anniversary of, uh, of the Coastal Zone Management Act. So thank you all and have a good one. Mm-hmm.